Hello, and welcome to the Conrad Life Report for Monday, July 13th, um, 2020. Um, it's early in the morning here in the basement in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn. Um, it's been about two weeks since the last report. Uh, I think the last report I did on the morning of my birthday, which was June 30th. And um, yeah, we can start from there. So that day on my birthday, just had a work day. And then um, at the end of the day, my brother-in-law, Drew, and I went down to Bar Great Harry and we got a couple of beers to go. And we went over to my friend Pete and Kara's stoop on Union Street where they hang out on the stoop and they have a socially distanced bench in their front yard. And so we sat there and um, their tenant slash my friend Meg, our friend Meg, who is a uh, great person, Cincinnati native, um, editor of Penguin. Um, she came out too, so that was a nice birthday. And then we came back here, um, had pizza and ice cream, which I love. I love ice cream. I like cake, but I love ice cream. So we had ice cream, and um, that was a nice little birthday. And also along for our walk over to Pete and Kara's was the new dog, Coco, which is not our new dog, but it's the family dog upstairs. Um, so my brother and sister-in-law and nieces got a dog, a four-month-old now Boston Terrier, and she's super cute. Her name is Coco. She's tiny. Um, she has just started walking around the neighborhood now that she has her shots, and she seems to be <laughs> gaining some notoriety around the neighborhood. Um yeah, Oliver is still scared of her. She's very energetic. She runs a million miles an hour. She kind of like bites gently. So he's scared of her and I don't blame him, but hopefully we'll get over that soon. Um, so yeah, Coco, birthday, that was all fun. The next day, July 1st, which was Canada Day, so I wore my um, Canada shirt that I have that, that uh, my friend Brian got for me in Toronto once. Anyway... Big news that day was a building collapsed in the neighborhood. Um, you may have seen it in the news. Uh, it was the building at the southwest corner of Union and Court Street. It was housed the Body Elite Gym, which is a very popular gym, and it's been around for like almost 40 years, but um, like kind of every, everyone in the neighborhood, not me, but everyone in the neighborhood goes there or has gone there. Um, the building collapsed. So it had been closed for a while um, because of obviously all of, all of like um, the pandemic, but also they had some structural issues. They were working on it. And then people had noticed that like the Union Street side, the wall was bulging on the ground floor and there had been a stop work order in place since mid-June because of that. So I don't know. And who knows what shadiness may or may not have happened. Probably not, but you never know. But yeah, the building collapsed at a, at 4.40 p.m. or so on July 1st. And so that was crazy. I didn't hear the noise because I was in the basement. Um, but I happened to be on Twitter right then. And I saw a guy I follow, Mark Yarm, post a photo. And it turns out he lives across the street from there. And he was like, the building just collapsed. And I was looked at it and I took me a second to process and I was like, what? And then I just ran upstairs and kind of put on my shoes and went to check it out. And it was so early that that like a lot of emergency vehicles had arrived, but not even close to the final amount. And they hadn't even roped off the area and people were still like walking up to this and people were also still walking up to it, not having even known what happened. Like, like uh, people pushing strollers and like joggers approaching and they're kind of like, 
all of a sudden there's a huge crowd of people and there's all these authorities. But you know, if you don't know, if you didn't see it on Twitter like I did, or if you didn't <laughs> happen to see it happen, it's just, it's just like what's going on. Um, so. So yeah, collapsed. Um, there was a huge presence of fire department vehicles and police department vehicles and emergency rescue vehicles all up and down Court Street for hours and hours. Um, there was this like SUV, fire department truck SUV kind of parked up on our onto our sidewalk right in front of our stoop. Like the left headlight almost touched like <laughs> was within feet of our stoop. Um, and it was there till well, probably for five or six hours. Um, so they closed down all of Court Street, I think, to Atlantic Avenue or so. Um, I didn't go. All, I didn't go to see how far it went, but whole street was closed, and they just spent all night and day cleaning up. And I guess they they uh, were able to tell pretty quickly that there were no no people in there, so that was good. Um, so it was just like a cleanup job. Um, and man, they cleaned it up fast. Like within 24 hours, it was, <laughs> it was, it, it, a lot of it was gone. Um, we were saying here that like you know the workers all very much wanted to have the Fourth of July off, so they were in a in a hurry to get it done. Um, but yeah, by by 36 hours later, it was just like it was an empty lot. It was kind of crazy, and you could see them like knocking down parts of bricks that were still like connected to the buildings next door, you know, literally just taking huge rods and breaking up the bricks and they would fall to the ground. Um, just crazy stuff to see, see it all happen. Um, it's amazing that no one was hurt. I don't think any, well, one person was apparently hurt, minor injuries was inside. So somebody that had reason to be inside, I guess, um, or not, <laughs> but you know, it's just amazing no one got hurt that was walking by because that is very that's obviously a very high traffic um, intersection and there's Park Natural the organic food store next door which is closed and maybe gone forever which stinks who knows um, but you know people like walk right alongside that wall and somebody could have gotten hurt um, very badly so thankful for that. Nobody was ever going to be in that building in the shape it was in, so that's good. Um, like They would not have opened up for business with the building in that condition. So there was never really a chance of it collapsing while open for business. But, um, you know, also bricks could have slid the wrong way, could have caused a car accident. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to think about. But fortunately, um, all, no, no one was hurt. So, yeah. Uh, so that was that was the big news. Um, let's see, the rest of the neighborhood rest of the neighborhood news. Um, mask wearing is still very much happening, and most people are wearing masks. Some people are not. I don't understand why. Like sometimes you see people without masks, and you can tell why they aren't wearing it at that particular second. Like they're running from their house to a taxi, or um, you know they're locking up a bike, or they just got off something, or I, but. Um, you know, when you see someone just walking down the street with no mask, it's like, why, why are you doing that? Um, anyway, but most people are wearing masks. Um, the restaurant and bar business seems to be doing well. Tables are still generally too close for my comfort, so I'm not really going to go eat or drink at any of these places. Uh, that said, I do think Bar Great Harry does a good job of not crushing in a lot of tables. And 
if you go at a certain hour, it could be okay. So on Friday after work, just this past Friday, it was rainy and I walked down there at like 5.30 and I had, I bought myself a beer from Ariane, bartender that was working there and I was going to take it home, but there was only one couple in their huge tent area and they were at one end. I thought, oh, I'll just go to the other end and stand here. And then it started raining, which was actually kind of nice. So I stood under this tent in the rain under this mostly empty tent drinking this beer on Sackett Street and it was nice. So maybe I will do that if whenever I walk by and it's empty and I feel like getting a beer and standing there. Um, but overall, I don't think I will be going to any restaurants or dining. Some of them are super packed. I don't doesn't seem safe at all. Uh, let's see. Another exciting event news. We went to the beach yesterday. We rented a zip car for a few hours. Um, we were at the we were at Jacob Reese from like 9:15 a.m. to 10:45 a.m. and the beach was not crowded at that hour and it was great and it was really nice to see and Oliver loves the beach. He loves sandcastle building and I love swimming, but I couldn't swim because the waves were so rough from um, tropical storm Fay. And they did allow you in the water and there were lifeguards, but they weren't letting people go out even to like swim depth, um, which is good. So I did wade in and a couple of times some big waves came and I ducked and I let allowed myself to get fully wet, but um, overall I couldn't swim. So that was a bit of a bummer, but it was good to just get in the water. Um, and yeah, speaking of cars, we've been trying to buy a car, which is something we've wanted to do for a few years, um, just to get out of town on weekends and stuff and you know maybe live more of an out of the city life. But we were doing it through Carvana. We made a decision to do it through Carvana and the inventory has gone way down. And I don't think it's pandemic related. It is in terms of like um, the uh, supply chain, but it's not because of huge demand for new cars because most people have cars, just not New Yorkers like us. But um, And it's a nationwide website. But uh, we did put in an order, a pre-order on a vehicle where we have an exclusive window to purchase it. And it's been a month now and we're waiting and I called them and it turns out it's because they're waiting for paperwork, final paperwork and the car's ready, but they can't put it on the website till they get the paperwork. And they said that that's been a common thing is there's COVID related delays just because of um, people in other places of work or if it's a dealership, like people going through backlog of paperwork and it's just like, all right, well, I guess we're just waiting for this and we're trying to get a car before the end of the summer so we can maybe go on a vacation. Um, so that's the news for that. Hopefully one day I'll be able to say, hey, we got a car. Um, oh, and I also want to say I'm still very much supportive of carless New York City, um, and I am willing to pay in the future whatever street parking fees they, w- they want to announce or make, which I think they should because I don't think we should have free parking just because we have a car and streets exist with space. But anyway... That's another story. There was a great interactive New York Times piece by, I can't remember his name, um, Farhud uh, Mananji, uh, which came, which was published, I think, on Friday. It's really good on like July 9th or 10th, but really excellent. Um, very interactive, great graphics, which just imagines like a much less car-filled New York City. Manhattan especially is just like gorgeous <laughs> without cars. Um, anyway... Uh, my friend Rick on his web Chatham report was talking about like his mood in quarantine and he was saying that he's like, despite the rotten things going on in the world, he's actually doing well in quarantine because it suits his personality and I feel like I should be too, but this has really brought home how small our apartment is and I just want 
a space. Like I don't have a desk and I've been dealing with a lot of logistics and paperwork and insurance since my dad died. And I would love a place to just put stuff down and it's my own place and I can go work there and think and I don't have that. I could set something up in the basement, but it just doesn't feel homey here and it's just kind of weird and it's a basement. Um, But I just would like to have an area for that. And it's just made me realize, feel a little, I don't know, trapped. If our apartment was just 50% bigger, it would make a big difference. Um, So I would say that like, he was saying that overall he's happy and I would say I'm not happy. I am thankful to be healthy and the family's healthy, but I just, I'm not unhappy. I'm just not happy and I'm just kind of in this anxious limbo and I feel like I can't settle. So that's my mood. <laughs> um, let's see. Moving on to audio. Here's what I listened to in the past couple of weeks. Sufjan Stevens has a new 12-minute song, 12 song, America, which is avant-garde and weird and goes off into this psychedelic jamminess, and I like it, but the melody, I think, is not super strong, so maybe that's why I decided to make the song a bit of a project. Uh, my Morning Jacket surprised announced an album they had been sitting on for years called The Waterfall 2, and I've never really listened to My Morning Jacket, but this album is fantastic, and I love it, and it's like kind of a perfect summer record. Jillian Welsh and Dave Rawlings, All the Good Times. It's a covers album they made in quarantine, and it is one of the most beautiful records I've heard in years, and I highly recommend it. Margot Price, country singer, that's how rumors get started. Oozes charm, confidence, she's so great. I highly recommend that. Future Islands, the 4AD band, for sure. That's their new single. It sounds exactly like Future Islands stuff, and um, I like it. I don't love Future Islands, but I always like it. Um, And if you love Future Islands, you'll love that song. And the Grateful Dead actually have come out with their own official podcast. It's called the Good Old Grateful Deadcast. It's hosted by Jesse Jarno, who's a dead scholar and WFMU DJ. And um, this other guy, Rick Rich Mahan from Nashville, I'd never heard of. Uh, but this first season, they're doing um, an examination of the Grateful Dead's Working Man's Dead. Um, track by track each episode and episode one was Uncle John's band the opening track and it was a great episode it's super high quality and great production value so I recommend it beer I'll go through what beer I drank um let's see my friend Greg from other half brought brought off a care package of goodies so I'm going through that great notion citra daydream which is another half recipe trillium all citra everything other half recipe I had that that focal banger from alchemist as I stated before five burrows I had their pilsner adel hell um Folk's Beer had another Harbinger of Spring. Marbach, it's the last of my four-pack I bought a month ago. Cloudburst from Seattle, Something Something Galaxy IPA, excellent. Um, uh, All Mosaic Everything, HDHC, uh, which stands for High Density, High Something. I can't remember from other half, fantastic. Um, and the big news was um, my f- Greg gave me a Treehouse, which is a brewery in Charlton, Massachusetts, and they don't distribute, and you can only get their beer at their brewery, and so it's become very sought after because of that and also because it's excellent. So I had Haze, uh, Cloudy IPA, and I loved it. Hmm. I guess that's it. We made a pretty short one this week. They don't all have to be 20 minutes. They can be 13 minutes or however long this was. Um All right, so I'll probably make it a week next time, especially since I will be alone next weekend here because Julie and Oliver are going away. So, um, all right, well, yeah. So it's been this has been the Conrad Life Report, episode forty-eight, Monday, July thirteenth, from the basement. Um, Stay safe if you're in the neighborhood. Come by, send a note, give a text, 
give a call and um, stay safe. Talk to you later. Bye.